What up, friends of the Square Circle Podcast and MOW fans? I am your host, Maria Shadows. And on this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, I will be going over MOW War Chamber that was on November 17th, 2021. Again, I'm catching up on all of my podcasts that I missed and breaking it down for you like I usually do. Again, thank you for listening to wherever you are around the world. We're definitely picking up steam and I definitely appreciate everyone that listens, shares, retweets, puts a comment, anything at all on these podcast episodes. It means so much to me. And thank you for listening to these podcast episodes, either on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast episodes from. And if you are from the YouTube side, thank you so much for listening and giving me the views over on YouTube. I highly appreciate it. So for this episode, it will only be about MOW War Chamber, the main attraction that mow has been building up for about two years it comes to a head it is mow versus contra this happens right after hammerstone defeated jacob fatu at mow fightland which i was there personally to witness and that was an amazing battle both jacob fatu and hammerstone are amazing athletes in this business now it all comes down to MOW War Chamber. Who do you got? Do you have MOW winning or do you have Contra winning? What alliances have you picked for this main event? So for the past two years, Contra has definitely been dominant in MOW. That was evident when Jacob Fatu still had the MOW World Heavyweight Championship title around his waist. Nobody could take that belt off of him except for MOW's own Hammerstone. So, personally, my pick is on Team MOW rather than Contra. I love Contra. I love what they do. They have that edginess they have that don't give a fuck attitude and they're gonna take whatever they want whenever they want by kicking people's asses and taking their names later however mow has the nicer side the babyface side as we all say and they're here to reclaim mow and take it out of the reign of contra and that is why we are here at War Chamber, because as soon as Jacob Fatu lost the MOW World Highway Championship title, this is the best option because it wasn't his fault. Fatu just seriously underestimated Hammerstone and the power and will and ambition of Hammerstone came through that night in MOW Fightland in order for him to pick up the one, two, three. Now, that was definitely a war. And then this war chamber is definitely topping that match with everyone in it. It was an amazing, chaotic match, and I'm here to break it down for you. So let's not take any more time. This is MOW War Chamber, and we'll see who comes out victorious. Some quick MOW house notes before we jump into the main event of War Chamber. MOW is going to Mexico for season three. I call it season three for MOW because MOW is naming their shows that they show every single time on YouTube. So this time around, it is MOW Azteca. They went to Mexico. We're going to get some really fresh matchups come in the new year, January 6th. 
should be the debut date of episode one of MOW Azteca over on their YouTube channel at 8 p.m. this time. They changed the time from 7 to 8. So make sure you're there every single Wednesday at youtube.com forward slash Major League Wrestling at 8 p.m. to watch the first episode of MOW Azteca. It's the same way that I considered MOW Fusion Alpha as season two of MOW. MOW did start long ago and they've been on a perfect journey ever since. And so I consider it just seasons whenever I do these podcast episodes about MOW. Aside from that small little housekeeping note, we get promos by 5150. 5150 is still feuding with Los Parks and sooner down the line, they will be getting a MOW tag team title shot. More to come on future episodes of the Square Circle Podcast. After that, we do get another promo by Mads Kruger. Mads Kruger is the leader of Contra, aside from Samuel Joseph, who is the manager to Jacob Fatu and loves putting out these amazing promos. So Mads Kruger is explaining that he's looking for more soldiers and that his soldiers are definitely going to get the job done at War Chamber. And that kind of hypes you up for the beginning of War Chamber. War Chamber does begin right after these promos. And these are the rules to War Chamber. A coin toss determines which team enters first. Then we get a 1v1 for five minutes in stage one. If you guys don't know what 1v1 is, it is definitely a gamer term. And it's just one-on-one, one versus one. So a 1v1 starts off War Chamber. Then the winner of the next coin toss comes out and it becomes a two-on-one advantage. Then we get alternating teams every two minutes. Once everyone is in War Chamber, which is a cage structure that has steel barbed wire wrapped around the cage, we now have the official match starting. Any team can win. You can win by pinfall, submission, or surrender. Now that we are familiar with the rules for War Chamber, it begins with Jacob Fatu getting the coin toss and coming out first. The second person to come out is the mystery opponent for the MOW team, which thankfully there were no spoilers for this awesome wrestler to come out and be number two in War Chamber. So for anyone that followed Lucha Underground, they know that Caesar Duran is from there and we do have some elements of Lucha Underground within MOW. However, Caesar Duran does have a brother. Matanza Duran is played by Jeff Cobb and he was also on Lucha Underground and I am really excited that he was in this match. The one odd thing that struck me was that it did feel last minute to have Jeff Cobb in this match but he was definitely in the area and he got booked and did a wonderful job. The other thing that I didn't understand was that on commentary they called him Jeff Cobb and I think that That's okay. I don't know how to really feel about that. I should 
think that you want to continue to play up the character that he was playing in Lucha Underground. But then again, everybody knows him as Jeff Cobb. So I guess don't confuse people. So I guess it was okay. To me, it just felt off that on commentary, it was just dismissed as the character he played before. But then again, Jeff Cobb is in his Jeff Cobb gear. So like I said, it probably would have been confusing. It's not a big deal, but I was just a little confused when I was hearing commentary talk about Jeff Cobb rather than uh, the brother to Caesar Duran, you know. But regardless, Jeff Cobb gets in this match and he's giving Jacob Fatu a run for his money. I never thought that I would want to see Jacob Fatu versus Jeff Cobb in a very regular wrestling match. Until I saw this match, they are really two great athletes and they definitely have a lot to prove. And especially with marking their territory, they feel like large in the life characters where you have Jacob Fatu on the front of Contra being like, boy, you don't go here. And then you also have Jeff Cobb of I'm a big man and I'm going to come and mark my territory and beat the shit out of you. And that's what both of them did. They beat the shit out of each other until the next wrestler came in the match. Remember, this isn't even the start of the match. This is just like a prelude until we get all guys in here and then we start the match. The next competitor to head out and go to the ring is Sentai Death Squad member number one. We don't know his name. We don't know what he looks like. He has a mask on, but he's a pretty tall dude who can handle his own. And now it is a two on one advantage Contra has the lead. MOW needs one of their own guys to come out next, and hopefully they do. However, Sentai member number one did a powerful sidewalk slam to Jeff Cobb and asserted his dominance while they waited for member number two. And member number two of the MOW squad comes out to be Savio Vega. Savio Vega is known. He is a legend, a Puerto Rican legend in this business. And I'm glad that he is on MOW getting the time and recognition that he deserves. He comes out with his candlestick and starts beating the shit out of people with his candlestick. I don't know who would win in a candlestick fight if we had Savio Vega versus Tommy Dreamer. And if you guys want your input into who might win that match, just make sure to leave me a comment anywhere on social media. You should be following me at Marie underscore shadows on Twitter. So if you want to get in that conversation, go ahead. Who do you think can win in a candlestick fight? Savio Vega or Tommy Dreamer? After Savio Vega comes out for Team MOW, we now have the third member of Contra coming now and is my boy. Ikaro Kwan supported in the past and he's a damn good wrestler. He goes by Tristan Tai on the indies. I'm glad that he made the MOW. I'm really proud of him and for him to be in this match and for him to do the things that he's doing, the sky's the limit and he's definitely going to have a great 2022. So if any booker out there is listening to this, make sure you book Tristan Tai. His info is all over Twitter and I'll be retweeting it too. So he comes into this match with a fiery start. He's kicking people. He's using his speed. And both him and Jacob Fatu team up on Jeff Cobb. Jacob Fatu does a wonderful springboard handstand moonsault combination to Jeff Cobb. And this stuns Jeff Cobb for a little bit onto more members of Team MOW come out. 
Next, we have Richard Holiday coming out and he does a back body drop to one of the Sentai Death Squad members. And Richard Holiday is looking great as the freshman coming into this match. However, again, with the numbers advantage, Jacob Fatu is taking control and does some moves on Richard Holiday, such as this top rope twisting neck breaker that looked amazing. Our next entrant into this match is Sentai Death Squad member number two. Again, we don't know how he looks. We don't know anything about him. We don't know his name. We just know that he's tall and he wears a mask. After Sentai Death Squad member number two comes out, then we have EJ Naduka coming out and he is showing off his incredible power in that ring. After EJ comes out mad Kruger, the supposed leader of contra there is a little bit of distension between him or samuel joseph i really do think that samuel joseph is the one that calls the shots and is actually the leader and mads Kruger is definitely the front guy but jacob Fatu feels like he was the leader the whole entire time of contra just because of how he led the team and what he was doing for the past two years with that championship title around his waist so after Mads Kruger and EJ Naduka fight each other and they are evenly matched. And last but not least, MOW's savior Hammerstone comes out last and he makes his way down to the ring. However, there are two guys that got thrown out of the cage, which, by the way, does not mean anything. They're still in this match. And one of them decides to attack Hammerstone before he can enter inside the cage. And Hammerstone is ready. He throws powder in the guy's eyes. And that's really a dirty trick, but it works every single time. So now that all members from Contra and MOW are in this cage, the real match now begins. Hammerstone is definitely asserting his power and his dominance and does the nightmare pendulum on Mads Kruger, shaking the whole entire ring. And now we have the face-off again of Jacob Fatu versus Hammerstone. During MOW Fightland, it should be noted that accidentally during their match, Jacob Fatu versus Hammerstone, Hammerstone tweaked his ankle. While the doctors did clear him to wrestle and said you can, they advised him not to wrestle and to rest his ankle. But this match meant too much to Hammerstone and he definitely overcame that and still wrestled however Jacob Fatu knew that Hammerstone's ankle was still bothering him so that's the first thing he did he went to attack the ankle he did an ankle lock to Hammerstone and he knew that that could be the possible way for having Contra win the match via submission but Team MOW is not going to allow Hammerstone to tap out so Richard Holiday came in and broke it up and Hammerstone safely moved to the side to recover a little bit before he started to unleash his power on everyone else. Then we get a little bit of this tension between Fatu and Mads Kruger where there was a couple of spots that had miscommunication in it. One of the members on Team MOW had pushed Jacob Fatu into Mads Kruger. Mads Kruger looks down at Jacob Fatu as like, what are you doing? And that's where the trouble starts. 
Jacob Fatu was going to do this moonsault off the ropes and instead of hitting the guy that he wanted to hit, Mads Kruger was in the way and the moonsault landed on Mads Kruger. And again, miscommunication forms. So Team Contra really isn't on the same page at this moment. And this allows Hammerstone to have a little bit of a quarrel with Ikaro Kwan and gets Ikaro up into a torture rack and does a torture rack to Ikaro and Ikaro says that he gives up. He taps out. And this allows Team MOW to pick up the victory in this War Chamber chaotic match. And I really appreciate that a pay-per-view that's surrounded by a War Chamber-like match, which is different from having like a Hell in a Cell or the three stages of Hell or any type of cage match is different and it means something. And it means that feuds and bad blood can definitely be the end goal when we get to a match like this. And that's what I appreciate about MOW when they do certain type of storylines. When it comes to the last straw, how are these guys going to settle it? They're going to settle it in a match called War Chamber. Again, Team MOW is victorious over this and they celebrate on top of the ramp. However, inside the cage, there goes that miscommunication, the stubbornness, the emotions all over the place with this. So Mads Kruger and Jacob Fatu are in each other's faces and they don't like what happened, even though the loss was Ikaro Kwan's fault and Ikaro is trying to be the voice of reason between these two big men but that's not gonna happen Mads Kruger goes and face palms Jacob Fatu even slapping him and this has a fight breaking out you don't disrespect Jacob Fatu like that and not get away with some type of beating so Jacob Fatu is fighting Mads Kruger and then he also beats the shit out of Ikaro Kwan too for getting in the way. And again, it's just emotions running wild and that's what happens when things are taken a little too far and blame is to be put on somebody else other than the group as a whole and working at the beginning and the foundations to make sure that your team is 100% when you guys come back and want to take over MOW again. But even though this implosion happened with Contra, I still believe that Contra will come back to MLW. Just give it time. But right now, Contra is definitely no more for what I can see on the surface level. And they have definitely went their own ways. It was a good run for now, but there's always a chance of a team rebuilding, reforming and reclaiming what was once theirs. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you enjoyed that review of MOW War Chamber for November 17, 2021. It was amazing to watch it, and I definitely felt the hype behind it, and I definitely want to see what's next for Jacob Fought 2 and what's next for Contra. Hammerstone is a perfect babyface to lead MOW into the next round of matches to let people know that MOW is here to stay. This has been my review of MLW War Chamber. And if you guys enjoyed it, here are some ways you can help out the Square Circle Podcast. 
The Square Circle Podcast is available in audio formats on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And if you are a Spotify user, make sure to give me a rating. Five stars is definitely encouraged, but you don't have to. If you think that my podcast deserves five stars, then go ahead. I appreciate you anyway for taking the time to listen to this. If you want the video version of this podcast episode, head over to youtube.com forward slash square circle podcast, your views and your comments. I highly appreciate them. If you want to leave a comment below on the YouTube side, if you want to follow me for all my wrestling takes over on Twitter at Marie underscore shadows is where you can holler at me. And then one new thing. I did start a Kofi or a Kofi page. KO-FI and that's to really help creators like myself. I have a lot of skills, I have a lot of talent and I have a lot of passion for professional wrestling as you guys know. So I decided to make a Kofi page displaying all of my creativity. So if you guys want to head over and check it out and support me there as well because it's very versatile for what I want to offer you guys back for everything that you've given me, head over to www ko-fi.com forward slash Marie underscore shadows. Think of it like a Patreon, but way better. I will have an official video and an official announcement about this change, but you guys get to know it first. As always, I do have my newsletter. You can also sign up for that newsletter when you go over to my Twitter at Marie underscore shadows. And I think that's all my plugins. Like I have a lot that I want to do for 2021. And I really enjoy that you are here listening to me talk about professional wrestling, no matter where you are in the world. So thank you for that. Thank you for still listening to my content and sharing it and just being there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to an episode of the Square Circle podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I'll see you guys in the next one.